You're listening to another episode of Heatwave Radio's Classic Movies Live, the pre-recorded show where we occasionally talk about TV now. So this one, we're talking about the movie Dragon Ball Super Superhero. And we have plenty to say about the movie, but even before we get to it, there's like a half an hour of just me and Pierre talking about our experience with Dragon Ball. So uh, this is one that I mean, for me, that was the best part of the episode. The super review is also really good. You know, I think it's really cool when uh, two people as different and with as different of childhoods as myself and Pierre have that unifying experience in having both grown up with Dragon Ball and having both had, like, kind of different experiences with Dragon Ball, but it's still being an important part of both of our childhoods. I think that's just a really cool thing. And um, that's really what today is about. So there's like, we're going to talk a lot about Dragon Ball. Then we're going to talk about Dragon Ball Super, Superhero. And um, at the end, we slap a rating on that baby. And we have a little special surprise, something that we haven't had on the show in quite a while. This episode is mostly spoiler free, I think. I, I really don't know even how to say that because this is mostly spoiler free for Dragon Ball Super, uh, Superhero. But it is not that spoil, not really spoiler free for um, the rest of Dragon Ball. So, if for whatever reason you're about to start a big Dragon Ball binge and you do not want anything spoiled for you, maybe this is one you listen to after that. But I honestly think it's fine. Really, this is um, this is an episode I'm going to recommend to a bunch of people I know who don't listen to who don't watch Dragon Ball, just because I think that this gets personal in a really nice way. I think. So anyway, I'm going to shut up now. And I was thinking about what kind of music to put here. Like, should I put a theme song from Dragon Ball Super uh, or something? And like, maybe, but I think it's got to be the original Dragon Ball theme song, Chala, Head Chala, which you're about to hear here. You're listening to another episode of Heatwave Radio's Classic Movies Live. Now, this is the second show in a row where we're going to talk about a TV show, kind of, instead of like a movie. Well, I mean, it, we're, we're talking about a movie, but once again, this is a movie that is based on and potentially uh, like includes the important context of a TV show, though I would argue that this one stands a little uh, better on its own than last week's. Um, Pierre, you want to tell us what we're talking about? We are talking about Dragon Ball Super Superhero or Dragon Ball Superhero. I'm not entirely it's, sure what the full title is, but so it's technically Dragon Ball Super Superhero. Okay. Because Superhero is the name of the movie, but it's a Dragon Ball Super movie. Okay. Yeah. Makes <laughs> sense. I thought it was like a pun before but they didn't mix yeah anyways yeah it's yeah, it's I always a really thought it'd be dragon ball super and then call them and then hero and then it'd be like a little thing but yeah anyway yeah it, fe- it, it almost feels like a missed opportunity but like it's also just a really long cumbersome name so maybe they just don't care yeah maybe <laughs> it's um, dragon ball it- i doubt they put that much thought into the titles if i'm gonna be honest yeah. There's a lot of Dragon Ball titles that are like it's very strange. Yeah. Uh, Resurrection F, 
Um, they Lord might just Slug. be bad translations. I don't know. I mean, I, I just don't think the title's the hot, top priority. Oh, definitely. <laughs> and at least in a lot of cases. Yeah. Although there are some good ones. Like, I was just saying Lord Slug, but no, Lord Slug is actually a legendarily good name for a Dragon Ball movie. I mean, it, it's definitely not very appetizing. <laughs> I don't know why that's the first thing. Like, I don't think I need popcorn going into that movie. I um, mean, but, Lord Slug's yeah. a pretty good popcorn movie, though. Is it? Okay. Well, that would have been unfortunate for me, then. Anyway, uh, Pierre, are you a Dragon Ball fan? Um, I I wouldn't say a mega fan, I but I do remember being into... I feel like... I, I want to brag, because I feel like Dragon Ball Z was really big uh, for people like in my age uh, mm-hmm. when I was in like like early high school, late elementary school. Um, but I read the manga. Uh, I read the Dragon Ball like original manga in elementary mm-hmm. school, um, and then got into Z later. I never watched the. I never watched the shows though. I never. I, Dragon Ball Z is an ab- abhorrently paced show. For obvious reasons, I know, you know, like, they're delaying stuff for the, um, for the manga to come out. But I mean, like, just read the manga. It's, it's much better paced. But yeah, I've, I've read those. Uh, and they were, I wouldn't say a big part of my childhood, but um, I really, really enjoyed them. Um, and I think they, like, I guess they're my first exposure to, to manga and anime. And it's probably my only, like, I, I never read any other manga other than that, now that I think about it. Um, so yeah. Huh. Um, I would like I'm I'm similar I think that like I think it's it's not a unit maybe not a universal experience but like for for a lot of people ask ask you could ask like almost anyone in either of our age groups and like there's a good chance that they know Dragon Ball and have like at least a little bit of personal history with it I think maybe maybe less so you know, once, um, maybe less so in later generation, like people much younger than us, just because I feel like Dragon Ball was especially a staple for people that like, um, didn't have streaming. I don't know for sure though. Cause you just said that like, you didn't watch the TV show that much. And like, for me, I grew up on the TV show. Like, yeah, I would, I, I know you know, uh, I think my my cousin, who's uh, like um, probably 10, 15 years older than me, he said he went to university in the same town that I grew up in. And he said that like in the dorms, just there was no one around when Dragon Ball Z was airing because everyone was in their dorm watching Dragon Ball Z. Like the hallways were empty. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. And like. I mean, I was right there too. I was not in the dorms, obviously, but you know, at home I was watching it same as everyone else. Soon as I got home from school or whenever it was airing or whatever. Uh, I think I, I don't know if I've seen all of Dragon Ball Z or like all of Dragon Ball. I also read the manga up to, up to the Piccolo arc. So I read like all of the, um, all of what, counts for basically original Dragon Ball, like not Z. Um, And then I've seen most of the Dragon Ball Z series. Like I know the plot of everything, but I think I've seen like all the episodes starting at the, starting at like future trunks. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, uh, and like, you know, even if I haven't seen every single piece of Dragon Ball media up until, you know, I started getting into other things, I'm like, I have a very good idea of what happens for the entire series. Like I have a pretty good working knowledge of Dragon Ball just from growing up around it. And then mm-hmm. also I was a huge fan at the time too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, um, it's, it's such a big cultural force, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think for ways. me, it was also, yeah. I mean, like for you, for me, it was basically how I got into manga and anime and uh, when I was in, when I was in middle school and high school, um, manga became a much bigger part of my life. So like, uh, one piece is probably my big one, except that where you were saying you didn't watch much of Dragon Ball's TV show, you just mo- mostly read it. That's me with one piece. I have mm-hmm. seen almost none of the anime, but I've read almost all of the manga. 
Um, just cause yeah. like, I don't know. I feel like when I've got the story, I don't need to see it again. And yeah. one piece, yeah. one piece, like one piece started probably 10 years after dragon ball, like after dragon ball's heyday anyway. So like, uh, it's paced a little better just because, um, they, you know, I guess they knew the problems, but it's still, you know, it's still pretty slow. It's got lots of filler, like just read the manga because the manga's paced as the manga is supposed to be paced. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Um, yeah. It, anyway, with Dragon Ball, point being, I'm a fake fan. How dare you? <laughs> well, now we can't talk about the movie. I can't believe it. Um, um, yeah. But I guess but, with that, I wanted to say, like, you said you didn't watch the TV show very much, but have you seen any of the movies before Superhero? Yeah, I've I watched some of the old ones. I'm trying to remember. I, I know I watched, I think there's one called The Tree of Life. Um, these are back when, like, I don't think any of them were canon. I don't know if the new ones are canon either, but no, I think they are <laughs> actually, right? So all the, the ones new, for Super were, are canon, I believe. The Dragon Ball Super movies are all definitely canon. The okay. Dragon Ball movies are a bit of a mixed bag, but generally non-canon. Because I heard that, like, I saw um, Battle of the Gods, and yeah. I heard that was basically season one of Super, which so, doesn't really make sense to me, but... So like, Battle yeah. of the Gods and... Um, what was it? Battle of the Gods and Resurrection F um, came out before the super anime got started. And okay. when super did get started, it adapted those as episodes instead. Okay. So like those movies were readapted. But so, but the entire plot is the same or no, it's like a different story completely just, or is it the same story just extended? Like it's, it's the same to the anime. I mean, it's the, the same story, manga. like, a little bit fleshed out, because Dragon Ball, like, Battle of Gods and Resurrection F are the, in, like, those are extremely important to Super. If you don't have those two movies, Super doesn't happen. Doesn't make sense. So, like, okay. you, that's, that's why that's season one of Super, because, like, yeah. they just readapt those to, and, like, fill in gaps to make Super work, because everything that happens in that is the setup for the next series. Oh, okay, cool. That makes sense, yeah. Um, yeah, so I watched Battle of the Gods, Resurrection F. I think I saw Broly. I mean, I've seen some of the old ones, like cool, the Cooler, Cooler's Revenge. Uh, what else is here? Oh, yeah, Tree of Might and Dead Zone. But yeah, those are all, I think those ones are definitely non-canon. Uh, yeah, I think the old ones because they reintroduce Broly in the new ones, and it's like completely different. I think um, Dead Zone might be canon, um, and I know that with Cooler, it is at least canon that Frieza's brother is Cooler. I don't know that like that. Is, I I yeah. don't know if that if the events of that movie are actually canon though. Yeah, I don't I don't think they are. Um, but yeah, what what would you say is like your favorite? um like arc in dragon ball or movie oh, my i guess oh i was gonna say there's different things because like my my favorite arc in dragon ball is the piccolo saga but my favorite movie would have to be either dead zone or lord slug i just have like i don't really? know what it is about lord slug i just got a soft spot <laughs> in my in my heart for lord slug what's it what it's such a that? lord slug is kind of a piccolo knockoff but like before they had before they adapted the idea of Namekians. So like um, in Dragon Ball, Piccolo is introduced as a demon lord. And then in Dragon Ball Z, everything is kind of retconned to be more sci-fi. So mm -hmm. Piccolo is a Namekian. But Lord Slug exists like halfway between that. He's kind of like Piccolo, except he's he's like a monster. He's not really a demon lord, but he kind <laughs> of is. Okay. And he's he's just knockoff Piccolo, and he finds the Dragon Balls, restores his youth, and then he has to fight Goku. Oh, and that's like, I'm not gonna lie, that's that like sounds it. terrible. <laughs> it's I don't remember like what exactly happens. I just remember watching it as a kid and being like, "Yeah, I dig this. This is this is sick." Yeah, 
No, that's fair. I, I think like some of them definitely hold like a special spot just because you saw them first or had a good time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So you like say so like the Piccolo saga the most though. Yeah, from, that from, one's my the favorite. Original one. Dragon Ball. Yeah, because yeah. that's the um, for anyone that doesn't that's not familiar with for anyone that's like only familiar with Dragon Ball Z and the concept of Dragon Ball, like. Dragon Ball is when Goku and Krillin are kids. Dragon Ball Z is when they're grown up. The Piccolo Saga is the like exact midpoint because what happens in the Piccolo Saga is something terrible. And after that thing happens, uh, there's a time skip and that's where Goku grows up. Yeah, I vaguely remember but that. There's a time skip and then you see him fight Piccolo at like the world uh, tournament, right? So the way that that starts is with, yeah, Krillin fights Piccolo at the world then, tournament first, and doesn't then he die or something. That's what I was trying to avoid saying, oh, but yeah, <laughs> Piccolo kills Krillin I mean, at the world tournament like thirty years ago. Oh, <laughs> for sure, it's. I'm gonna be yeah. honest. But um, yeah, uh, Piccolo kills Krillin at the world tournament, and then there's a time skip, and then. Goku has to fight Piccolo at the world tournament. Yeah. And that's where they introduce Yaji Robi, who like uh barely cat? appears later. Um they oh, also no. introduce the cat. Yaji oh, Robi is Yajirobi like the, is the, the guy fa- that hangs out with him, right? He's the, the guy that hangs out with the cat, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, he like saves he like saves Goku after like He something. saves Goku and introduces the idea of Senzu beans. Yeah, yeah. Which is like such a weird plot twist. Yeah, no, I I remember the Piccolo arc really. I thought it was really good because that's when it really felt like Dragon Ball matured. Um, it was always pretty goofy. Like the villains before that were pretty silly. Like I think, like at one point Krillin was kind of a villain or like a rival to Goku. Mm-hmm. And then Tian Tian Shinhan. Um, I think that was like the first real arc. Like, um, with the World Tournament, Tian Shinhan wasn't really a bad guy. He was just kind of like a dick. Yeah. Um, and then the Red Ribbon Army was just kind of a joke, um, which we'll talk about later, I guess. And then uh, and then after Red Ribbon Army, I think it's Piccolo, right? Right? I think so. And then that's, that's when it, like the stakes really amp up, um, and Piccolo's like quite a threat, yeah. Yeah. Uh, wait, what happened? I'm, I'm so... Never mind. I, I, can, I can... I need to reread Dragon Ball. It's been too long. I really miss it. I mean... I think... But yeah, I think my, I think Dragon Ball as a whole is like my better than Dragon Ball Z in my opinion, um, just because I feel like there's like actual character arcs in Dragon Ball. Dragon Ball Z, it just felt like it was more of like a, like how powerful can we get these characters type deal, um, in my opinion. But the I think power my, creep is for sure real. Yeah, it gets a little much. And that's why I like Super never really interested me because at the end of Dragon Ball Z, I was kind of like, this is, this is kind of stupid at this point. Um, but I really liked... Um, I, I think my favorite arc overall is actually the Vegeta, the Saiyan arc at the start of Dragon Ball Z. Mm-hmm. Um, I, remember, I still vividly remember like everyone dying slowly against Nappa. And then you're just like, what the hell is going like, like how are like I don't know? It just felt so hopeless. And I get that they like definitely faced more interesting villains or dangerous villains, but that was like, uh, that to me felt like when it was like, like shit was like serious, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And that I don't know that that hit me the most. I think. Even though I don't I know, think, yeah, Dragon Ball's better overall. I don't know what it was about Dragon Ball Z arcs, but for me, like. I know the Frieza one is, you know, a lot of people hold that up as like the gold standard. But for me, like the Cell arc or specifically the Android arc, which is like right leading up to the Cell arc. And then the very beginning of the Majin Buu arc have come across as like, they're just really scary to me. Because in the right in the lead up to the Cell arc, you have like this, what looks like an alien running around like, eating people, but like not just randomly eating people, finding very specific people and eating them in really horrifying ways. Like when Cell goes out to find the androids, that's what Mm -hmm. happens. Like he eats these androids in like really horrifying ways and there's nothing anyone can do about it. 
which is just so like it's so disturbing That's true to too. Me. it was really creepy and i liked how they like brought it back to earth in a way mm-hmm. um i thought that was nice and that was a good arc for go oh, okay honestly i'm like i never loved dragon ball but like when i think about it i just really geek out about it because like i mean there's some really cool stuff there like that gohan that gohan uh, unleashing his potential in the cell arc was like actually really cool mm-hmm. um and intense even though like it it's it's weird it, it the i feel like the show does the same thing over and over again like especially in dragon ball z but it always works for some reason the like i mean that power creep is for sure there um, and that's what I think about whenever I just like think for a second about Dragon Ball. But mm-hmm. the thing about the power creep is like it's there. But even th- even despite that, Dragon Ball Z has like really really good arcs. Just the further you go into the series, the the more they're hidden. It gets a not necessarily in a bad way, but like you know, if I think my my first thought of when I think of the Cell arc is, um, you know. A carrot is Gohan powering up. My yeah. second thought is all the cool shit in the cell arc. It's like it's there. It's just not the very first thing I think of anymore. Yeah. That's fair. And then also like not only power creep, something that really bothered me about the later sorry, we'll get to the movie in a second. I'm almost oh, yeah, done. Yeah. Um well, something that really bothered me later in the show too. I like I think Frieza was a really memorable villain as like the last great villain in my opinion because he didn't regenerate mm-hmm. and i hated how I, I don't know i hate villains in general that can regenerate their bodies easily like i didn't mind it with piccolo because i felt like with when piccolo regenerated it was like he lost an arm he could bring it back but it also cost him like a lot of energy right mm-hmm. whereas like with cell and boo you had to literally obliterate every single molecule of their body to kill them Mm-hmm. And it just felt like kind of annoying. Like, come on, like, and I get it up to the antics, but like, it's it didn't make the it just felt unfair all the time and just kind of ridiculous. Yeah, I um, think there, I think there's like four different, four separate final battles with Boo at the end of that arc. Yeah, and the amount and of like, times Boo's body gets obliterated, like, you can't count. But like, I think that like, I mean, even with Boo. There is still some cool stuff in there because, like, I think the first time they kill Boo for good and then he mm. comes back, like, the very first time they kill him, yeah, the stuff like, at, what no, what happens with that is Boo regenerates, but he regenerates like two of him. And oh, there's, yeah, there's the one that's like the evil bad guy and whatever, we'll get back to him, but the other one has like a really cool character arc with Mr. Satan. Just out of sure. nowhere, like that arc, which yeah. is awesome. Yeah, and that the character Mister Satan was really cool in general. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that character. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, the some really cool <laughs> moments in the Dragon Ball show. <laughs> I'm in the Dragon Ball series. Um, um and but I think oh, I sorry, think both ahead. of us might have. Uh, I think both of us might have mentioned this. Um, I don't think either of us has seen Dragon Ball Super though. Like I have yeah, a, I, <laughs> I think I may have seen individual episodes and I have a cursory idea of what happens because I've seen some of the movies and like, I've had it explained to me by friends, but I have not seen Dragon Ball Super. Yeah. I, I watched the movies so far none of them really hit me though. Like Battle of the Gods was like an interesting um, idea. Like the idea of like, there's these got like literal gods that they have to learn how to fight now mm-hmm. um, who are just like on a completely other level. But like, that's just, it's been done before, you know, like that's every arc of Dragon Ball where they're like, Oh my God, yeah. there's another being that's way more powerful than I am. And, uh, and then the same thing with, I loved, I loved having Frieza brought back because I love Frieza. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't like resurrection F though. Like it didn't add anything to me uh and same thing with broly like it was just they were all movies that were just kind of made for cool action scenes there there for sure is i've only i've seen broly uh and i went to that one and i felt like i was missing all of the context like uh because i was like that was a sequel movie to the dragon ball super anime 
And like, I didn't have any of that context. So they were just like going insane all the time and doing a lot and doing like a bunch of, and then like fighting and uh, their enemy this time could blow up the whole world without even trying, which I feel like that's happened a million times. But anyway, that was a thing um, in the Frieza arc. Like it's not, it's nothing new. So like I'm watching it and I'm like, I don't, I didn't dislike it. It had really cool action scenes. I thought that the like, plot on the the like underlying plot was kind of interesting because there is like a little normal person plot there too yeah. uh but broly just kind of went in one i mean i just watched it and basically forgot about it yeah um, i don't know if it's because i'm not a kid like maybe if i rewatched all of dragon ball like i wouldn't care anymore either it's hard to tell i i kind of feel like I, I, I want to give dragon ball super broly the benefit of the doubt because the friends that i have who had watched Dragon Ball Super and then went to see Broly, really liked it. So I'm thinking, so I kind of, mm. part of me thinks that that might be a Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles situation where like, if Maybe, you have yeah. seen the series <laughs> up to that point, it's probably way better. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you never know. I, I do want to read the anime eventually. Like, I know I want to do that. Um, mm. I think I might be more interested to finish it when whenever Akira Toriyama feels like, cause I've heard super is over, but it doesn't feel like a conclusion to the, the whole so, saga either. The anime for super is over, but the manga is still going. Just oh, keep okay. in mind though, that the manga is supervised by Akira Toriyama, but not written by him. Really? Oh, I yes. didn't know that. That's interesting. Is the, is um, the anime made by him or is it? It's, also, so is he, the is, movies, have been written by him and the anime is at least also supervised by him. I okay. don't know how much of it he directly writes. Okay. That's fair. I mean, but if, he has if a he's very just like a active showrunner, anime, that, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he has a very like... active role in dragon ball at the moment. Okay. Yeah. I'll do my research. Cause I, I mostly just want to do, uh, look at stuff done by him. Um, we were talking earlier. There's a couple, there's a show and a movie that he didn't have his hands in. Um, you want to talk about the movie at all? Um, well, I mean, just really quickly, the show is Dragon Ball GT, which I remember you bringing up and, um, you said you liked it. I also did when it was on TV, but it is I not really watch it to be fair. I remember liking the ideas behind it. Um, mm-hmm. I loved the idea of Super Saiyan 4 cause it was the, the first time I love the, like I, Super Saiyan 2 and 3 never really felt like that big of a change to me. Yeah, but I like Super Saiyan Four because it kind of ties into the whole like the tail thing. Yeah, um, and I like the idea of uh, Shenron, like the the consequences of using the Dragon Balls coming back to bite them it was really interesting mm-hmm. too. Um, and but um, I haven't seen the show, so I can tell you whether it was like actually good. I just some I, ideas sounded cool. The ideas were definitely the best part. I remember watching the show a little bit and like, I don't see, I think I saw all of it, but it was, it was fine. It was just like a nineties anime. It was a nineties Dragon Ball anime without Akira Toriyama made because it had to exist because Dragon Ball is a thing that makes money. And like, it's like there were cool ideas there, but there wasn't quite the passion in it to make it work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, there's probably some weird decisions that people weren't happy with, I guess. And I think like, it's, it's, I guess it's basically fanfic at that point. Basically. I can understand. And like, um, because Dragon Ball was so popular, it also got to, got the dubious honor of being the first, as far as I'm, as far as I know, the first anime to be adapted to a live action Hollywood film. It might yeah. not have been the first, but it was one of the first because there's money in Dragon Ball, so it had to be done. And like, once again, I don't think the passion was there. Although I've read some behind the scenes, like the passion was definitely there for one person on set and exactly one person only. <laughs> but uh, did, did you ever see that that movie? I have actively... I mean, I, okay, I um... <laughs> If I say actively, like, avoided it, that would mean, like, I was, like, tempted to watch it at some point. I have not been tempted to watch it at all. 
So um, and I have yeah no attention to in any way. The movie the movie we're talking about just very briefly is Dragon Ball Z Evolution. I think it's called Dragon Ball Evolution. Um, it is surprisingly and I'm pretty sure it's not actually the first live action Dragon Ball movie because I'm pretty sure there's some Chinese ones that were made like potentially unofficially. Uh, but anyway, it is the uh, first first and only official. Dragon Ball live action movie made technically with Akira Toriyama's blessing insofar as like he had sold the license and the rights and he was made aware of its existence. I don't know how much, I don't think he had any active hand in the creative process, but like they did ask his permission to make it at least. Uh, And um, it's really bad. It's supposed to, it it adapts the Piccolo arc from the first Dragon Ball series, except it adapts like the bullet points at best. Uh, Bulma exists, Goku exists, Master Roshi and Grandpa Gohan exist, but they have the role of basically the same person. They just are generic martial arts teachers, and I don't think Master Roshi is even like identifiable as Master Roshi. Like, you know, for better or worse, in the uh, in the actual Dragon Ball series, Master Roshi is a notorious pervert. Uh, <laughs> not the case in Dragon Ball Evolution. He's just a guy. Yeah, um, I don't know if I would Bulma, play that well on the big screen. But yeah. And like, Goku is aged up and put in a real ass human human American high school, and it's like I tapped out ten minutes in when. Uh, like Goku goes to high school and like some the the school bully yells at him. He's like, "Hey, nerd!" And I'm like, "I'm done. I don't know what's going on, but I'm not gonna participate in this anymore." Yeah, it's, um, it's like they looked at Spider Man and they were like, "This is this is a superhero." Dragon Ball is basically a superhero, so to like adapt that basically. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I have heard though that. Um, the guy who plays Piccolo in Dragon Ball Evolution was a huge fan of Dragon Ball and Piccolo specifically. Like, when he found out there was a live-action movie, uh, it's my impression... I'm going off of, like, remembering information here, so this may not be fully accurate. Uh, He tried to get that role. Like, he really wanted to play Piccolo. And when he got the role, he, like did research for it. Like he already knew he was a big fan already, but he like did research for it. He like got into character. He was ready to go. He was very passionate about it. And he really wanted to make it like a good movie for him and for his, and for his kids. And, uh, it it didn't work out, but he was very, but he brought the passion and like the, the, the cool coda to that story is that, um, he actually ended up getting another chance. The guy who played Piccolo ended up getting another chance in Dragon Aww. Ball later on because uh, he Dragon has Ball. a voice role in Dragon Ball Super. Oh, nice. That's actually awesome. Wow. Yeah, he plays I Zamasu, who oh. I, who's a really important character. Oh, cool. Uh, he's Goku Black. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but... That's cool. I can assure you he's very important. Okay, I have not okay, seen yeah. Super, so I don't know why he's important, but yeah. he is. He's really okay. important. I think he's I think he's Goku, but from the multiverse where Goku is evil or something. Oh, okay. Anyway, he's played by the guy who did Piccolo in Dragon Ball Evolution. Yeah. Wow. Um, um that's cool. Yeah, that's a, that's a cool fun fact. There's another weird uh side effect of Dragon Ball Evolution, which is that <laughs> Akira Toriyama did see it. And was so appalled that he's like, I got to take things back into my own hands. And because of Dragon Ball Evolution, he wrote Dragon Ball Z Battle of Gods and brought Dragon Ball back as Dragon Ball Super. So without Dragon Ball Evolution, Dragon Ball Super does not exist. And Dragon Ball would have basically died in 2009. Yeah, that's kind of crazy to think about. Um, I guess, yeah, he didn't want the last. I can understand that. Like, he didn't want the last element of his series to be that movie because there's no way they make another live action movie after that but i uh, would be shocked yeah but uh so i can understand why he do that um yeah (laughs) but anyway 
Let's talk about this movie, Dragon Ball Super, Superhero. Wow. You want to tell us a little bit what this movie's about? This takes place after um, Broly, by the way. It is kind of, it, it's actually a direct sequel to it. I'll say that much. So this movie, uh, actually, is, I would say the star is like Piccolo, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, which I love because Piccolo's probably my favorite character in Dragon Ball Z, at least. Um, and he uh, he's training Videl, right? Is that her name? Uh, What's it's her name? Pan. No, Videl's the Pan. Videl's the mom. Pan. Yeah. Um, and uh, basically, the Red Ribbon Army is back, which is kind of interesting. And Red they, Ribbon Army, really quick, being like one of the first villain groups from the original Dragon Ball. Yeah, like so long ago. I think it was the second arc, technically. Or maybe third arc, I guess. It was um, the first arc that like had a real story. Because yeah. Dragon Ball starts off as like gag episodes. And then it eventually yeah. like becomes a structured story. And it's the Red Ribbon arc. Yeah. Um... So yeah, uh, the Red Ribbon Army's back, and they hire the the son of Doctor Jiro, I think his name Grand, was from Dragon Ball Z. Grandson. Grandson. Um, and this guy's name is Doctor Hito, I believe. Yes. Uh, and he he is back on the android stuff, and he creates two androids. He, well, this, he's a good guy, and he wants to make superheroes. Um, mm-hmm. to fight villains that they're and the red ribbon army basically accuses the Z fighters of being villains. And, uh, so Dr. Hido using their resources creates two new androids, uh, to fight them basically. And, uh, I knew uh, another threat, which is called cell max. No, I think. Yeah. Super. Or yeah. Something like that. Um, and basically Piccolo go, go, Goku and Vegeta are off-world with the gods training, so Piccolo has to kind of get the team together and, uh, you know, protect protect the world without without them in a very interesting way, I guess. He, he, he has a very cute arc in this, uh, which I really like, so, yeah. And this is, I'd say this is the first movie to really... This felt very Dragon Ball original series-y. Like, obviously, there's the obvious return of um, the Red Ribbon Army, but it's it's a very fun comedic movie, and it also has character arcs, which and like, I, I love because I feel like I haven't seen a character arc in Dragon Ball since uh, like Dragon Ball like Super, the Cell era, maybe. And what I really liked about this one, specifically compared to Broly, is that in in Dragon Ball Super Broly, the the power creep is like the main point because they're fighting the biggest, baddest dude they've ever fought. And mm-hmm. in this one, they're fighting something very strong. But, like, the power like the power scaling isn't as much at the center, because uh, they're not fighting the strongest thing they've ever fought. Like, the only reason that they are fighting something that is too strong for them is because the strongest people are off-world. So it's not yeah. about necess- so like they have to get stronger, but it's not about it's not about them training and getting stronger. It's about the character arcs, like you said. Like there's yeah. an entire arc in this where Piccolo is just like doing random spy stuff, which has <laughs> yeah. you know it has nothing to do with training and getting swole. Yeah, it was really funny. I loved. I mean, I love having Piccolo put himself in these like odd positions because. I think he's a character. I mean, they do that with a lot of characters, but I, I feel like Piccolo was the best character where they gave him an arc where he learned how to care for people. Mm-hmm. Um, he really softened up. Um, and, uh, like, him, him infiltrates... There's an art, there's a part where he infiltrates the Red Ribbon Army. And it's, hilar- it's hilarious because he could easily, like, kick everyone's ass in there, obviously, but he has to... He's not powerful enough to beat... Um, I guess they're called what? What are they called? Gamma one and two. Gamma one and gamma two. Yeah. The new androids. The new androids. Um, and yeah, I, I, at first I didn't love the idea of bringing androids back, but I really love the way they they wrote these guys and the mm-hmm. way they're. I love their design. Um, I love the way they fight. The, the way they fight feels very different from a lot of um, other like fighters. I feel like they faced before. 
um, where like I like like they have these little gun laser things that are really really powerful for some reason. Um, instead of using chi blast because I they're androids I guess they can't really use chi blast or something. Um, so I thought it was I thought stuff like that was cool. Yeah, and they're like and they're also specifically designed by a kid who loves superhero movies. Mm-hmm. So like they they're designed specifically to um do things like in a superhero movie. So they're always doing like superhero landings or mm-hmm. big over exaggerated punches or like they're cr- they actually like have visual sub have visual sound effects, which I thought was a really funny line. Like mm-hmm. at one point one of them punches Piccolo and it says wham and Piccolo <laughs> goes, Why can I see your sound effects? <laughs> yeah, like it's those little goofy, there's like little goofy gags, uh that's alliteration that, that came in this movie that and it never felt off because like I don't know, this movie it felt like a filler episode if that makes sense. But like in a good way because like like you said there were character arcs. Um, mm-hmm. and it just felt like one of those things was like, Hey, let's see what's happening. Meanwhile, at home while the main characters yeah. are off fighting. Um, and there's some really sweet stuff. Like I love Piccolo. I mean, there's a lot of callbacks with like, um, Piccolo's relationship with Gohan. Like mm-hmm. it's a little meta in terms of like, like Goku is a terrible father. <laughs> and like, I don't think the show ever hides away from that, but like, I loved how it referenced how Piccolo I mean, I, I think Go, Gohan's mom had a big part of raising him, but Piccolo was basically like his dad in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, and he raised him and he trained him. And he's doing the same for, you know, Gohan's son too, or daughter too, which is mm-hmm. like crazy. This is really nice to see. Um, but it, it kind of brings in that relationship that even though Gohan doesn't have too much screen time, there's some really touching moments uh, when he is on that you can just feel you feel like a very genuine father son relationship that I feel like the, the previous, I don't know about super, but like Dragon Ball Z, I feel like never actually touches on that. If that makes sense. It's, I mean, I feel like it's there, but it's not, it's never really brought into focus. Cause like when we first meet Gohan, like right. The first time we ever see Gohan he's already training with Piccolo. And like, when you see that, you do already get a little bit of that father-son relationship between Piccolo and Gohan, but it's much more practical. Like, uh, the very first time you ever see Gohan and Piccolo together, it's like, Piccolo doesn't feel like he wants to be doing that, and he's just like training him because that's what he's doing, and he wants Gohan to be strong. But then by this time, like, Piccolo hasn't, Piccolo's still kind of like an asshole about it, but like you get a lot, like they really emphasize um, that, yeah, Goku has spent so much time not around for Gohan that like there really is that real relationship between them. Like they have, Mm. it's, it's much more, it's actually emphasized where in the past it was there, but it's not really, there's not really the time to focus on it. And I think that like, yeah, also, um, one thing that does kind of come across a few times in this movie, like this movie never gets heavy enough to really, really hammer it home. But like um, you, as you mentioned, Go- Piccolo is doing the same thing for Gohan's daughter, Pan, as well. Um, but like there are a few points where he's like, Gohan, you have to be a father to your own daughter. Mm-hmm. Where yeah. like, again the movie doesn't get heavy enough to like really dive into that, but it does like sort of point out, you know, Goku wasn't the best father. No, <laughs> he's not. He's, he's barely his father. If I'm going to be honest. And yeah, I, I just, I like how they touch on that. Um, who else was in, I mean, we talked about Gohan um, and Pan was in this. She was, she had a really cute relationship with Piccolo too. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the red ribbon army coming back. I don't know. I love the aesthetic of the aesthetic of them. It's it's such a goofy um, organization, mm-hmm. and I think like again, like I love the original vibe of Dragon Ball. I think it it had a very specific tone that um, Dragon Ball Z doesn't really call back. Like Dragon Ball Z, I feel like is a very um, generic tone of anime, if that makes sense. 
Whereas I feel like Dragon Ball had a very unique tone from anything else I've seen. And I felt very Akira Toriyama. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Um, Cause I read, I read an, a manga he made before that too. And they're very similarly like styled. Like the humor is very, is similar. it Dr. Slump? Did you read Dr. Slump? Do- I read a couple Dr. Yeah. Slumps um, and they were really funny too. Um, I, one thing that I really appreciated in this, uh, like there are a couple like Akira Toriyama, when Dragon Ball Z happened, like Akira Toriyama was still writing it. So like, even though the tone changes drastically from Dragon Ball to Dragon Ball Z, like every now and then in Dragon Ball Z, you still get some flashes of like that old Dragon Ball just occasionally. Mm -hmm. And one of those is my personal favorite episode of Dragon Ball Z. uh, The one where Goku and Piccolo try to get their driver's licenses. And there's a callback to that in this movie. I don't know if you remember that. I never, um, I never saw that. No, but that yeah, Piccolo that may can't have drive. been just a yeah. Piccolo can't drive, and there's an entire episode. I don't know if it's actually in the manga as well. It might not be. It might just mm. be a TV episode. Mm-hmm. But it's one episode where Pic- where like Chi Chi is upset that Goku can't drive her around places. So it's like, hey Goku, go get your driver's license. So Goku and Piccolo try to get their driver's licenses, <laughs> and they cannot do it. They just cannot yeah. figure out cars. Yeah. And like in this movie, when they when when uh, Piccolo Piccolo at one point has to drive a car, and he can't, like he's really bad at it because he yeah. never got his license and he never learned. Yeah, yeah, I love. I that think was that like really funny. That little tiny bit of personality and like also just the callback to such a weird episode. Like that yeah. was hilarious. I almost I almost lost it in the theater <laughs> when that happened. Um, what else was there? I, I mean, I, I guess I'm guessing about this movie a lot. There are a lot of things I didn't like about it, if I'm being honest. Um, I hated Supercell, the, 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 the kind of technically main villain of the movie. Um, I think it was underutilized because Cell is like, Cell is a pretty cool villain, but Cell also needed an entire arc of buildup and Cell Max got like, 10 minutes and he got 10 minutes worth of buildup, which is not enough yeah. to make him cool. It's not even, it was a very lazy attempt for nostalgia because it's not cell. Like cell was a really interesting character like Frieza because he was very smart and calculating. Um, and I mean, like he's, he's a horror villain. He is, he's based on alien, like the yeah. alien, the xenomorph from alien. And he'd like, is really scary when he's like, he's almost less scary once he becomes his perfect cell version yeah. because like he's no, no are, longer hunting them down. Yeah. The original villain uh, cell was like really gross to look at and the way he did things was terrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I like this could have been, this is just a filler villain that they needed to give Ko- Gohan and Piccolo someone to fight. Um, it's like it, it kind of felt like Cell Max exists because they may want to use Gamma and Gamma Two later. Yeah, which I mean, that's very typical for. There's so many, so many villains that um, Dragon Ball has taken and turned into good guys, which is something I love about the show. I think it's, mm-hmm. I think it's something that's very unique about it, and that like it, it kind of feels like it's like no one's unredeemable, if that makes sense. Which yeah, I like, but. That's the thing is like Gamma one and two were like amazing villains and they had nothing to really top that because they became good before the end of the movie. Right. Yeah. Um, so, which is unfortunate. Um, and there's other things like I thought the whole Piccolo gets a power up from Shenron. I thought that was a really lazy way of like you, you said earlier, there's no training in this, which is nice. Like, I don't want to see that either, but like, I didn't really need to see Piccolo just get, insanely more powerful because he wished to be more powerful which like isn't really a thing i I thought you couldn't do that in dragon ball 2 because i feel like the characters would have done that before if that makes sense well but that's why they they sort of like work around that too because specifically the reason he can do that is that namekian shenron no there was a namekian elder who was able to draw out latent power and he yeah. just asked Shenron to do that. So the extra powerful form that Piccolo had had been inside him all along, but he couldn't <laughs> access it. Like it gets a pass because it's Dragon Ball, but it's 
it's, pretty much. It wouldn't get a pass anywhere else. It's not good writing. Um, it's a very do sex machina type. Yeah. Um, and uh, it there were some like in the middle. It does feel a little awkward. I want to say like the dialogue and stuff. But again, it's mm-hmm. Dragon Ball. Like that's not it's not a huge part of it. But um, yeah. Also, the the animation was different. I don't know if. I can't remember if Broly was like this or if the show was like this, but this was new. So Broly had some 3D segments during the fights. Mm -hmm. This movie was entirely in like very specifically cell shaded 3D. Yeah. How did you feel about that? I actually loved it because like Mm. I've, I've seen a couple of animes that like, try to like incorporate 3d in different ways and it's usually a mixed bag on how well it works out sometimes it's fine sometimes it's like jarring but it still kind of works for the anime sometimes Mm -hmm. it's just bad uh this i thought might have been the best consistent use of it that i've seen it was different but like it it fit really like most of the time i didn't even know like i knew it was 3d but, like, it looked good enough that I basically didn't notice, in my opinion. Yeah, once I got used to it, I didn't mind it. Um, there were definitely some segments, though. You could tell that the frame rate was just really low, and it looked really cheap at parts. Um, again, it's a Dragon Ball movie, right? So I keep saying that, but it's like it's a, this isn't, like, a huge budget movie or anything. But it was a little distracting um, in some of the slower moments in the movie where you didn't have as much to focus on. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I didn't mind it. I, I hope it's not something I, I, I kind of like it in terms of like, if they made the movies like this, I wouldn't mind because it kind of yeah. feels like a little special. Um, I hope they don't make the show like that. I don't know if that's, you know, something that's going to happen, but I mean, it's, yeah. it's really hard to say because at the, at the moment, super is done. It is heavily probable highly probable that super will continue mm-hmm. but as of now it hasn't been on the air for four years so like wait that's so pr- can, how is the manga keep now because i don't know why i'm questioning that now but why is the manga still going the show i over? think i think that dragon ball super i i don't know for sure but my impression is that the anime and the manga are related but they're existing at the same time rather than one adapting the other because like the dragon ball z the dragon ball z anime was adapting like chapters of dragon ball z that were coming out yeah dragon ball super is like you know there's a lot of there's a lot of oversight to make sure that both super and the TV show are like doing roughly the same things. Mm-hmm. But um, since Akira Toriyama isn't directly writing the manga, like he can be involved at a higher level and just make sure that they're like doing the same things. That's my impression. I don't actually know that for sure. Okay. I guess that makes sense. I'll need to, I think maybe I'll have to watch and read it. Just <laughs> Yeah, probably sure. yeah yeah um wait, where was i going with that oh yeah we we're just talking about um the animation and stuff uh so yeah i i do think though like i hope they make more movies like of this tone and this like spirit in the future because i think my my favorite thing about dragon ball at this point is just, i love seeing these characters interact just because they have so much history between them mm-hmm. um like i love seeing krillin and bulma interact because they've known each other like forever since forever yeah. At um, this point, it's basically 40 in-universe years. Yeah, which doesn't make any sense. Um, but, like, they have a, they have great chemistry still. Um, and it's, like, the same thing. I love seeing Android 18 back, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 18. Um, and, like, some... I guess some of the old characters were, were cool to see. So, And I just... I, I feel like the animation just kind of fit that vibe, though, more. Because it did feel more cartoony more i don't know like i don't like i don't know if uh if things were if this was a more serious movie if uh uh that animation style would suit it because um yeah this movie was very goofy and cartoony so i think it fits better um and i think what i really liked about this movie what i liked about this movie the most um i mean yeah all all of those characters interacting i really liked this movie 
is very aware that Dragon Ball is something that's not only been around for 40 years, but where, but, but like the main plot of Dragon Ball has always involved them just powering up more and more and more. So like there's a, you know, at the very beginning when Dragon Ball started off, there are these legendary, like the, the Dragon Balls are like legendary. No one's ever seen all seven of them together, but like it's it's rumored that if you get all seven, you get one wish. And in this movie, Bulma is just constantly collecting them and using them to wish for plastic surgery, Yeah, which is yeah. like, it's, I like how, I like the ways that it points fun, that it like pokes fun at that power creep. Yeah, that's true. There's a lot of, there's actually a lot of I like really satirical moments and also callbacks too. I love, they referenced the original series in this. They referenced Z a lot in this. It, it felt like a movie that was really made with like love for the series, if that makes sense. Like I love mm-hmm. the, um, I guess it's kind of spoiler, but I love the, the callback to Piccolo growing in the original Piccolo saga that we never see or men- hear mentioned again. Actually, mm-hmm. a lot of his power is like from that saga are brought back in this that we never see in any other part of the show from what I remember. Yeah. Um, which I love seeing because it just, it, it felt like they they were finally giving Piccolo like some love because not that he was ever like really neglected, but he, he has felt useless for a while. And this movie just felt like a real uh, love letter to him and, and also to drag like the original Dragon Ball in general, which was really, like- really nice. Dragon Ball Super, or and especially these movies, um, make it really clear to me that Akira Toriyama just needed that time to reflect on Dragon Ball. Because, like, I mean, if Dragon Ball had been constantly going since the 80s, I'm sure it would also be good, but it would be, like... You know, you would never get callbacks to the very beginning of Dragon Ball because it's mm-hmm. no longer important. Like, we're on to some new shit now. Yeah. But, you know there was a period of about 20 years where there's just no Dragon Ball stuff happening in Akira Toriyama's life. So like, you know, when he comes back to Dragon Ball Super, it really feels to me like he did it not just because he felt that like he was the only, not just because he didn't want other people touching Dragon Ball, but because he like, he clearly at least to some degree rediscovered his love for it. And like, that's where you get these callbacks to old Dragon Ball plots that you might have thought were abandoned, but no, Akira Toriyama still remembers. And like, you know, stuff like that. Like, it's very much Dragon Ball Super post, you know, Dragon Ball Super feels very much like a labor of love from him, which is really cool because I don't think it would feel the same way if Dragon Ball Super was just the next Dragon Ball after Dragon Ball Z and it had never ended. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I hope this show ends eventually. To be honest, <laughs> it's still doing good, but I guess. But yeah, it's. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe. Maybe I'll watch, read Super and I'll love it, and I won't want it to end again. I don't know. I will find out in the next chapter, Dragon Ball, uh, Super or whatever the next one is. So, uh, just to wrap a little bow on that, what would you? What would you give Dragon Ball Super superhero if you had to? Out of 10? I'd say like a six. Okay. Uh, Pretty enjoyable. Like, it's good if you're like a Dragon Ball fan. This is is definitely not a movie I would ever recommend to anyone that has not seen Dragon Ball or does not like Dragon Ball. It's not going to change your mind, and it's nothing really special. Um, But it's, it's, it's like a warm blanket if you do love Dragon Ball to watch. Yeah. I I agree with that. I think that like as as a Dragon Ball fan, uh, I'm like a little bit lapsed, but as a Dragon Ball fan, um, especially as a Dragon Ball fan who hasn't seen Super, I would absolutely recommend this movie. And I think that by comparison to like other Dragon Ball stuff, it's it's probably my favorite Dragon Ball movie that I've seen. Oh, um, definitely, yeah. Compared like, to the other superhero super movies or other canon movies, I guess this is, like, leagues better, for sure. So, like, for me, in terms of a Dragon Ball movie, I'd give it, like, a hard 8. In general, mm-hmm. probably, like, a solid 7. I still think it's really good. And mm-hmm. I actually... I would be, you know... 
I would caution anybody who hasn't seen Dragon Ball, isn't like familiar with Dragon Ball going into it, that like you may not understand anything, everything. Mm-hmm. But I think that this is still one. I I don't think I could possibly recommend Dragon Ball Super Broly to anyone who doesn't know much about Dragon Ball. This mm-hmm. one, I think you can get the gist, even if you don't know Dragon Ball. I, That's fair, I wouldn't yeah. really recommend it, but I think it stands on its own a lot better than a lot of the other Dragon Ball movies I've seen. Mm. Yeah, I can see that. Um, I, I want to mention a spoiler quickly now that we've reviewed it. There's this one okay. little thing I, I loved. I loved, I almost teared up when Gohan did the special something cannon. Special beam cannon? Special beam cannon. It has a better name in the in the manga. I, I hate the English ones. Um, but yeah, the special beam cannon thing was like really, really cute. And that was like actually amazing um, visual storytelling because it just told us so much of how much Gohan cares about Piccolo and how much he was his father Mm -hmm. Um, and how he has kind of kept up with his training in a weird way without ever needing to tell us anything, if that makes sense. And it was a very beautiful moment. Um, and it's probably one of my favorite moments, if not my favorite moment in like the Dragon Ball saga. I'm not even kidding. That was like a really beautiful, it was beautiful. I loved it. It's, I mean, that's like, that is the culmination of Gohan's character arc period, just everywhere. Yeah. It's like, like, it's almost it's it's a more powerful moment than in the actual cell saga where he does a kamehameha like oh definitely yeah yeah that was cool that was like cool but it then didn't really mean much maybe it's just because i'm older i don't know like i i I understand the sentimentality i mean of it more this this moment was doing the exact same thing i think more effectively because Gohan doing the Kamehameha is him connecting to his father figure, his actual father in that case. This is him connecting to his father figure in like a more effective, more subtle way. That's fair. I don't know. I remember like, maybe I have to reread it. I, from what I remember when I saw that in, when I read it in the, when I was younger, I, it was more of like, Oh shit. That's like, that's awesome moment. Like, that's the OG move, whereas in this one, it was like, oh, my God, that's so sweet, you know? Um, well... Yeah, I see what you mean. Maybe I have to, I'd have to look back at it to, to um, understand the, the context. The big, po- the big part of, Go- of Gohan doing the Kamehameha in, Cell- in the Cell Saga is that, like, he literally has Goku's ghost there to help him. So it's like a big bonding moment between them. Oh, yeah, but that's true. It's not subtle, but it's a big bonding moment. <laughs> it's, it's Dragon Ball, this <laughs> Well, <laughs> the reason I even point out that it's not subtle is that Goku Gohan using the special beam cannon oh, is a lot more subtle. Yeah, like, that's that's something only like if you were an actual fan of the series, you would because I don't think I don't remember Piccolo using that since like the he uses it on Raditz, and that yeah. might be it. Yeah, exactly right. Like that's that's the thing. It's such a callback to like when him and Gohan first met that it's actually crazy. Mm-hmm. It might have been, I think he might have used it against, uh, what's his name too? Nappa. Um, but yeah, it's, it's like a, I, c- I couldn't believe, and I love that move too. I, I love it mm-hmm. visually. So it was really cool to see. Anyways. Uh, yeah. uh, all right. Well, that's Dragon Ball Super. And uh, we don't actually have something ready to go for the next episode, which hopefully will be next week. We'll see. Uh, but... I don't I don't know if the episodes are up yet. I think they are. But uh, very long-time listeners of the show might remember a long time ago, we had, uh, during COVID, we had a wheel of movies. And I've always been, I've always wanted to, like, find a good opportunity to bring that back. And there's no better opportunity than the beginning of September, in my opinion. So I have brought back, I have prepared for us the wheel of movies, which is a wheel that I'm going to spin. And we've got like six different possible movie choices on there that we're going to talk about next. One of which we will talk about next week. Uh, do you know what's on the wheel, Pierre? Uh, I know. I, I, you showed me once. I forget. I just remember I have a choice in there. There's a Pierre so we have. We have so we have six general categories, and behind the scenes, I know exactly what each of these categories corresponds to, but it's going to be a surprise. Uh, but anyway, 
Um, the our categories are Pierre's pick. So this is one that Pierre put on the list uh, because as much as I as much as none of the other ones are technically my pick, I did kind of pick the other ones. So you have one pick on the list, and then we've got directed by Akira Kurosawa, who is a director that is obviously he's made more classics than like most directors but we have yet to talk about him on this show well i think we talked about him no no we did actually talk about him once we talked about yojimbo ah i forgot that oh well we've only talked about yojimbo for akira kurosawa so we're going to talk about a different akira kurosawa movie if that comes up then we have starring barbara streisand who is uh an actress we have never talked about on this show but was like extremely important throughout the 60s and 70s and into the 80s especially she's actually and she's still going but she was like uh really important actress that we'll talk about a lot if that comes up uh then we've got oscar best picture winner eventually we're probably going to want to go through all of these anyway so let's just get one more of those out of the way uh then i have from letterboxd's top 10 animated features so we'll talk about another animated feature that we haven't touched on yet. Maybe uh, we, we actually talked about quite a few of Letterboxd's top 10 in our animated episode, which you can check out in the description of this episode. And then a Netflix original. This one is the biggest hit or miss category, but uh, um, hopefully it's a hit. We will find out if it comes up. So Pierre, are you ready for me to spin this wheel? Let's go. The wheel is spinning, and it came up with a movie starring Barbara Streisand. Have you seen any Barbara Streisand movies, Pierre? I don't think so. I'm trying. To... <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't think so. Well, next week you're going to have seen one because we're gonna watch Funny Girl. Whoa! What's the last word, Joe? Um, the last word is, uh, oh, God damn it. It was going to be another Barbara Streisand oh, movie, but I, I thought it was going to be, they're just going to say funny, I, but. Oh no, I'm going to say hello, doll. It's hello. 